Point of Sale, Episode 6. This is the Retail Supply Chain Show, where we break down great retailers, the supply chains that move them, and the data they use to make decisions. I'm your host, Andrew Cox, and today we're going to discuss a topic that's a little bit outside the normal scope of the show. We're going to talk about a technology that has some impact directly on retail supply chains, but it has massive impact indirectly on one of the biggest problems that retail supply chains are dealing with, and that's returns. With me today to discuss augmented reality and virtual reality and its impact on retail supply chains is Dijam Pandegrahi. He's the co-founder and COO at GridRaster. Before I bring Dijam on, I want to thank, I take a moment to thank my sponsors, ArcBest. ArcBest is more than logistics. Whatever you do, whatever you ship, ArcBest makes it easier for you to do business. ArcBest combines reliable capacity, innovative technology, and trusted relationships to take the complexity out of your supply chain and keep your shipments moving. That's what makes ArcBest more than logistics. Dijam, thanks for joining me and welcome. Thank you, Andrew, for the opportunity. Like, uh, uh, we really appreciate that. All right, so Dijam, there have been uh, an explosion of AR and VR usage, especially in, in the pandemic, especially augmented reality when it comes to on, when it comes to trying on products and testing products in home. Let's just start broadly with the applications currently in the retail supply chain. Where is augmented reality and virtual reality being used most? Oh, that's 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 a great question. Uh, so honestly, if you if you if you're looking at any of the retail players who are um, have a have a strong kind of online presence, they kind of pretty much started on the AR VR like long time back. For example, I can I can talk about like uh, Wayfair or Macy's um, and some some of the other other um, folks in that direction. But what you you're beginning to see um, is uh, you're seeing a end-to-end -end, uh, um, uh, strategic uh, approach right now due to the pandemic okay where they are integrating not only in terms of conceptualizing what kind of products they're going to kind of build but also throughout that supply chain as you said like right from the right from the point point of sale where somebody is going to kind of um, experience the product whether it is online or it's going to be in a, in a brick, brick and mortar kind of a retail store um, or the whole process about how do you work on kind of uh, um, reducing uh, building the confidence in terms of the buy that the, the customer is going to make and ensure that it fits into the environment they're going to kind of use that product and ensure in the long run that um, the, the, the the amount of return kind of significantly is dropping down and that's some of the things that we are kind of currently working with some of the large uh, retail uh, customers in different phases of the, the engagement we, and the, in, the initial results have been absolutely encouraging well uh Dijon, let me take a step back and let give you a moment to explain a little bit about what GridRaster uh, does because uh, you know VR and AR it's a it's a big topic and there's multiple levels in the technology stack. So give a little um, elevator pitch on what GridRaster does. Okay, so you, everybody's is, everybody knows that you know there is one on the device, like all the diff, different AR VR device providers you have, and then we have all the different uh, content providers who bring in the different content. Like in, in the retail case, like it could be a, a design of a you know something that you're wearing or a furniture or anything for that matter. You have different models, everything kind of available. Today, mostly what you see the most of the experiences that being provided, like you are trying to get all the content on to the device and ensuring that the person is kind of getting that experience, AR, VR experience. But as we 
begin to kind of scale and as you begin to kind of have this experience go to the masses you want to ensure that this can happen very very seamlessly so what we are building you can think of an in-between stack which allows uh, any of this vr content to kind of seamlessly get delivered onto the device with absolute full experience and different capacity to do analysis on top of the different information that is there and do it from the cloud so we are leveraging the cloud to deliver this high-end immersive experiences onto the devices which are going to become more and more um, you know easy to wear and the compute has to come from somewhere the resources has to come from somewhere like we are enabling that from the cloud the cloud acts as a co-processor to any low-end device and still be able to provide you the most immersive experience that is possible so that's the part we are building and most of the customers that we are working are in a phase where they're transitioning from pilots and the initial POCs to kind of a large-scale deployment, and that's where we are helping them do that. Jean, like I said, we've seen a big uptick in usage, especially with AR when it comes to testing and trying on products, Sephora and Ulti on the beauty side, and as you said, Home Depot, Ikea, Wayfair, they all do it on the furniture side, seeing how things fit into, um, into people's homes. Where are we on the adoption curve for augmented reality? Are we just at the beginning? And as a follow-up, is our our augmented reality glasses? I saw that Inreal is uh, is now expanding to the U.S. That's very exciting. Uh, are they to AR what smartphones were to the internet? Is that kind of the big leap, the next leap forward after smartphones? I mean, that's exactly what we believe in. I mean, we we left actually pretty cushy jobs in, in 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 the tech world, like the Qualcomm, Texas Instruments, and everything, to kind of jump here. That's that's a firm belief. Like we we strongly believe that um, the the mixed reality, whichever term you use, a augmented reality, virtual reality, overall, end of the day, it's going to become a device where you can experience both AR and the VR experiences. It, it's a lot of all all those companies are working in that direction, um, and we firmly believe this is the next computing platform i mean end of the day i mean what 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 did a smartphone did i mean it, it pretty much put internet accessible to everybody right i mean that's that's effectively what the smartphone kind of did and then kind of it it unlocks so much of potential all the use cases that can kind of come from such a platform with such an access now what um, ar vr is uh, doing is trying to take that curve ahead like you, you you basically that whole communication which has been more on the video and the voice can you take that experience more to something more um, immersive more interactive like as if instead of we having this um, call over a video it could be a holographic that we are almost kind of sitting on a coffee table and actually having a discussion that's going to be possible in just you know a few years from from now so that's where we're going in that direction and that immersiveness that connection that empathy that that medium could bring um, that's that's very very exciting for us and we are uh, we are basically tracing that path so if we're on the cusp of this big transformation um, in the way that we shop I think that augmented reality has the potential to do that should every retailer have an augmented reality or virtual reality strategy at this point so there's a, there's a there's a uh, you know uh, the thing that we talk to a lot of lot of these customers like um, if you don't have it your competition has it okay so so just look at it I mean it just would become it's a matter of time it will become a hygiene in terms of the user experience right I mean if once you once you experience it's like um, once you saw the you know uh, color, uh, movies in color would you go back to the black and white 
I mean, it's yeah. it's it's a question. Of, of, this is absolutely paramount importance that like everybody goes into that. Um, I understand like people have different priorities um, they are kind of tackling with, but it's just given that this this technology is going to kind of stay, uh, and it it is going to stay because of its merit. Just for example, like. Most of the companies you we actually went to the retail before the pandemic. I mean, they definitely had some plan in terms of how they're going to work. Well, how are they trying to they bring in all this technology part of their digital transformation? But the pandemic was a complete game changer. You know, you are confined to. You still have to have the customers still are looking at an experience which is like a little closer to what they used to potentially get in a physical store. But they are looking. I mean, they are they are relating their experience closer to that, right? So with the pandemic, what effectively it happened that whole uh, adoption curve that which is looking like maybe four to five years, it, it pretty much kind of shrunk to like months. You know, and a lot of this thing kind of started as a temporary measure, but now it has it's just kind of there to stay because of the value uh, they have kind of seen. Um, just just take the case of um, take case of the online shopping. In in terms of on- online, you almost see like thirty percent return, right? Mm-hmm. Anything you buy, you just, I mean that's just like huge. I mean in terms of the the cost that is associated with it, and a lot of this return is because when the consumer buys something uh, and when it kind of comes to them, it's not in the way they kind of expect it. Right. And particularly for the for the furnitures and all like this, this is like huge. I mean, so what AR has all of a sudden given um, uh, given a uh, capability that you can like while you are surfing for what you're, you're looking to kind of buy, you can almost uh, almost see it apart from the fact that you can't really feel it and, and like hold it. You pretty much can get all the features. You can actually see everything in, in everywhere possible in in uh, in 3D and then. Um, uh, with with the augmented reality, particularly with the furniture, if, it, if there is a space where you want to kind of put a certain furniture and you want to compare with all the rest of the furniture that you have or, or whatever the right. wall paints you have, or in the the space size that you have, you're like so way. yeah, you you're so more con- yeah, you're so more confident that okay, this is what I'm buying is absolutely fitting in. So the returns are, are bound to kind of shrink, and and the early numbers that we are kind of working with some of the customers uh, is is like like staggering. We'll talk about it more as we kind of go forward with the, uh, as we complete the project. But those numbers are staggering, and this is going to be completely huge. It's a game changer for retail. Yeah, the, the numbers that I've seen, I agree with you, are are fascinating. So, I mean, Shopify put out some data that um, interactions with products having 3D or AR content had 94% higher conversion rate, and that led to 40, 40% fewer returns. Uh, it's like, this is this is what I try to, am trying to get across to people in freight and logistics. We are so focused on returns as this inevitable, you know, big problem in freight and logistics, and we're so focused on how do we make the return more seamless, more efficient, uh, and, and as lowest cost as possible but I think that that is the wrong way to look at things. That is that is saying that the return is inevitable, and that's focusing on the post-transaction processes of the of the process, and rather focusing on the pre-transaction process, like offering um, AR and VR or offering better imaging. It just it makes so much more sense. And I do have a question: Do you think that um, do you think that testing and trying on products has changed forever? Meaning, like in a, in a post-COVID world, in you know nine to twelve months, when most Americans have vaccines and stores have gone back to regular. Uh, regular operations do you think that people will always will go back to trying on makeup in store or do you think ar and vr is here to stay in a way that that physical testing has changed forever we are never going back to the same world i can tell you that 
Okay, so um, of course, I mean there are certain part of the experience we every everybody kind of looks forward to when you are in a in a physical retail space. But I can hundred percent tell you, you're never going back to the same world again. I mean, it, it, it some of the changes are forever. I mean the, the the ease and the convenience at which you can kind of try these different products, okay, and get a you know any in, in in the most hygienic ways possible like a lot of stuff like i mean uh, the, uh, the hygiene has has uh, has a big question there right so so uh, i mean it, it is unmatched like when you are kind of the way we are able to do it uh, today so to the to your earlier point when you're talking of the post and the pre thing the way we we, we try to kind of phase it as um, you know people are focusing a lot of times on the symptoms okay but if you actually focus on the cause, the symptom automatically right. goes. And the beauty about this technology, it, it addresses multiple things. The people who are the, the, the retailers or our customers who are kind of deploying it, they kind of realize it. First, from a customer experience point of view, it's like, you know, it's, 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 it's like uh, so much better than, you know, just the online uh, shopping that was available earlier. The second is um, in terms of, uh, you know, the conversion, as, as you pointed out, you know, the, the kind of conversion that you're seeing. Third thing is it allows the capacity for the end user to customize things to their needs, which in, in, in a way allows a, a retail, retailer another avenue to kind of upsell our products because with the customization, you're basically personalizing it. You're relating something that you're doing yourself. You're kind of relating the, the overall value of the sale is kind of significantly increasing. We have seen up to like 20, 25% increase in the overall sale value as well. So there's, there's like across and the returns is just a, what I say, it's just the down, you know, side product of the whole process. It's not actually the end goal there. Dijam, I think a, a lot of people that are listening have probably used AR for the first time this year, probably to try on makeup at Ulta or Sephora or try on sunglasses or what have you. I remember my first introduction was back, I guess, summer 2017. Of course, Pokemon Go was the, was all the rage. Uh, and I think that AR product testing is a good introduction to, um, to AR to people. But what do you think is next from retailers? Do you think that we're going to see this, the, the, is the next leg um, the, the Snapchat lifts and whole virtual stores? And, and in, that, in that next leg up, are glasses um, required for the next, the next leg of this technology? Uh, uh, so I, I think that the 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 ease of so there are ways like if you if you uh, go to a store you can have even the holographic experiences but that some of those setup actually needs like a proper setup and they, they may not come easy so the the easiest way at this point we see the, and the transition is going to happen from the smartphones to the the glasses at some point I'm absolutely sure but it's not going to happen just immediately so what you're going to see I mean most of the even the air glasses you would have seen would be look quite clunky and you know quite heavy but those things are going to change i mean some of the work that we are doing because if you can bring the cloud to do the, all the heavy computing stuff you don't have to put all this compute and battery and all on all on those uh, uh, glasses so nreal uh, and all like you, you're going to see the transition happen we are going to kind of wear the glasses as if just the regular spectacles or the regular shades that we kind of wear and then you have all this vr and ar experiences overlaid over it but I, in the meantime i think transition will still go through the smartphones and then move into the the the, the glasses um so at least that's something at least in 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 the in the near future the transition what we are kind of looking at and uh, we are excited about and what do you think is next from retailers do you think that virtual stores will become kind of a uh, just table stakes for these companies will everybody have their own uh, virtual store like they do uh, you know uh, like they do websites 
Yeah, so one, one of the interesting concepts that is going to kind of the virtual stores, the way we kind of shop right now is more on the, um, you know, you go to the store website and you just, you know, go and buy certain thing. Uh, if you're aware, like there's a, the whole concept of metaverse, which is kind of uh, uh, building out, right, which is you're going to see yeah. a parallel world, a virtual world, which is kind of built with all the different users coming in there. So you'll, you'll, you'll also see the retailers playing a key role over there. A lot of those um, um, products are going to kind of be bought through those um, events. Let's just figure out, like if, if you are in a metaverse and you are kind of building a civilization, you know, fighting some evil uh, enemy over there and you have all the ammunition that is required um, and some of the things you really find interesting, you, you can straight away buy from there and retailers have to kind of plug into that whole system uh, to kind of make those sales happen. And I'm, I'm, I'm sure um, uh, beyond the, the e-commerce and the, the online shopping that we see today you, you're going to see a lot of those plugged into that environment as well you uh you, you hit a buzzword with me on on metaverse i'm very interested i i am epic games is probably one of my favorite companies in the world right now i am fascinated by the the next the next story that's going to play out over the next 15 to 20 years roblox and the companies that are going to be involved in building it so i don't want to get too deep into metaverse because you and i i'm sure we could go on for hours uh, just on that topic but how big is the market um without the next leg to uh, to virtual stores and eventually to metaverses how big is the 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 market for augmented reality uh, you know how 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 do you guys quantify that so you're talking in terms of the retail yeah and okay yeah i guess in in terms of retail um how much you know how much value is there to unlock because i i look at it and i say that there's 550 billion dollars per year in returns in the us alone i mean that that is something that could be a massive uh, unlocking of efficiency if we can actually get these type of um you know these type of return decreases across the market with this use of technology so how big is the market when you guys are sizing it up no you you pretty much with just the one instance like you can pretty much kind of hit the uh, nail with the hammer, right? So you have uh, just just take the case of the returns. Like even if you reduce by like 40%, you're pretty much, you're pretty much looking at uh, uh, 200 billion over there. Okay, so um, obviously a lot of this will will be a um, in an integration of a lot of different technologies. It's just not going to be standalone um, the AR that would do it. Um, but overall, from a retail standpoint, like um, we 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 are at least looking at just just from a software like from our angle, we are looking at at least a, a you know twenty to twenty five uh, billion opportunity just just from the software angle. I'm not talking about anything else. And hopefully, like we can we can get a good chunk of the pie from there uh, when we enable all these technologies. What are the limitations of, of AR and VR before we get to, uh, you know, in its current form, uh, the applications that we use right now, I think that's probably the best way to scope this. What do you think of the current limitations? Uh, so, so a lot of things like today, I mean, uh, the experience that you can get on the, the smartphones are in a way like not really truly immersive, right? I mean, uh, w there are a few variables that we think uh, uh, will begin to kind of uh, fall in place. There are some things which is more technology oriented, which will keep on happening with uh, people like Microsoft investing and hopefully Apple will come up with their glasses. And when Apple comes up, it will be like consumer oriented. It's not going to be enterprise. So most of the thing that you see today is very aligned to the enterprises. 
Um, so whether it is, um, but I'm talking of the, the the glasses with the Microsoft Hololens or the Oculus, they're still pretty much like uh, um, enterprise oriented. So when Apple kind of comes with their glasses and and Facebook are going big on this, uh, Facebook are not going to focus on enterprise. Like they their whole bread and butter are the are the uh, the consumers. So when all these big entities like come up with their glasses and the and the uh, and the different solution and even the Microsoft and all they evolve into solution which where which is more like consumer focus and can take care of all the variable and there is an infrastructure piece which basically where we are an active component over there the how how you will have all these experiences seamlessly kind of streamed to all all the nook and corner of the world um, that's where like uh, because retail shopping happens everywhere right you should be able to kind of enable them across so all this thing will slowly kind of fall in place and that's where the the beauty will uh, kind of emerge and a lot of this uh, we, we uh, honestly we are uh, we are living in a very exciting time with the, all the cloud, um, the 5G, and then you have this AR and VR and all the AI, um, and all of them are kind of converging. And you're, you're going to see some fascinating stuff happening that we have never seen before. Uh, Dijon, do you think it's going to be the, the same story that we have going on today with the smartphone market? Is it going to be the same story that plays out with the glasses market in that we have Apple and Android, and that's pretty much the two competition. I mean, do you still do you same see that same story playing out where Apple is going to be there, one of the dominant players in the market, and then you'll probably have an open source platform uh, with with Android running it with many different uh, hardware producers? Do you see that playing out? I mean, with every evolution of the platform, uh, or, you know, whether you're you're looking at the the mobile phones or uh, before that the PCs, you've already seen. Uh, you've always seen like new companies kind of coming up and taking up the a big chunk of the market. And I don't I don't uh, uh, see why it will be otherwise uh, yeah, this time around. I, I really don't don't I mean, Apple and uh, you know um, Google and they, they'll be they will definitely be there but I wouldn't at all be surprised if some somebody like um, who is kind of leading the charge like we earlier we thought maybe magic Leap will do it but uh, um, uh, but I wouldn't at all be surprised that somebody new coming in and yes. they, they're able to uh, uh, you know uh, bring something which is much more uh, appealing and much more end-to-end -end, much more thought from the AR VR platform point of view then trying to bring the old stuff on the new thing but rather than conceptualizing things what is really possible in the 3d world instead of mapping things from 2d to 3d world i wouldn't be surprised then we have somebody new who is kind of leading all the way well dijam that is exciting i'm always i'm always cheering for the new new up-and-comers going against the incumbents uh, in every industry no matter what it is so dijam thank you so much for taking the time giving us some insights on ar and vr and its impact to the retail supply chains I want to give you a moment for some FaceTime. You give everybody listening a shout out through where they go to learn more about Gridraster. No, firstly, like, thank you for the opportunity. Uh, really, it's an absolutely a pleasure. Like, the best way, like, please go onto the website, www.gridraster.com. And uh, we uh, we are in the process of kind of revamping some of the stuff, but you, you, you just keep track there. Like, you're going to hear some really interesting stuff going on. All right, go to gridraster.com, find more information on Gridraster. Also follow Dijam on LinkedIn. That's where I found Dijam. Everybody, uh, make sure to tune into FreightCast for all of FreightWave's podcast, everything that we create there on one feed. Also subscribe to Point of Sale wherever you listen to podcasts, Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And also subscribe to the Point of Sale newsletter, which comes out on Mondays and Thursdays. You can find that full of insights uh, on the retail supply chain uh, on freightwaves.com slash POS. Thanks. We'll see you again next week.